U.S. President Joe Biden issued a number of executive orders over the past several weeks. Among those orders is a significant one aiming to give consumers greater control over their financial data. Specifically, the Biden order says, and I quote, we encourage the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau to issue rules allowing customers to download their banking data and take it with them. In this edition of Commerce Code, consumers assert control over their data. I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco. This is Commerce Code brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. It's great to be with you. If the question is, who owns banking and payments data? Regulators around the world are answering that question in a remarkably consistent way. Their answer is the consumer owns their banking and payments data. The problem is that market practices of big banks, big tech, and fintech have not caught up to the reality of the new regulation. And the result is that governments around the world are imposing record fines and court settlements on companies who use consumer financial data in an unauthorized way. The future of how all this will play out is complicated. Are consumers sophisticated enough to monitor and monetize their own data? Are banks and tech companies so technologically advanced that they're going to outwit regulators? These are some of the questions we'll explore today with Jenny Lee, a law partner with Errant Fox and a former senior lawyer at one of the main agencies charged with policing financial data. That's the aforementioned Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Hi, Jenny. How are you? I'm doing well, Silvio. How are you? I'm doing great and so happy to have you back on the show. It's, I think, been probably about a year since we last had you on, and so much has changed. There's been so many new regulatory developments, and I'm looking forward to talking with you about all that today. Absolutely. Well, Jenny, we have been seeing regulators with their bullseyes on big tech right now. Why are we seeing so many lawsuits and fines, really not just in the U.S., but around the world, in China and Europe, really everywhere? Why is everyone beating up on big tech right now? You are absolutely right. It is a very interesting time, to say the least, for big tech, anybody really that deals with consumer data in large volumes. And I think that we've reached sort of this perfect storm now where there's a greater recognition that the practices of certain tech companies are deserving of scrutiny, both from an antitrust competition standpoint, as well as a consumer protection standpoint. And it's really a situation where it's the opposite of too big to fail. I think many regulators feel like these companies are so big that in some ways they are failing consumers and, and maybe to a lesser extent, even failing the governments that have created these companies in some regards. Looking at the U.S., one of the main regulators in the areas of consumer data and privacy is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, specifically as it relates to the Dodd-Frank Act and also access to financial data. Also, we are seeing that that commissioner, there's actually been someone nominated by President Biden. What's the status on that new commissioner? Because this, this seems like this is an area which is really important to the Biden administration, but yet we haven't seen a new head appointed and confirmed. 
That's right. The status is that we're currently interfacing with the CFPB and our client matters under the leadership of the acting director. So we're still under the acting director, uh, David Wejo. And certainly President Biden has now nominated Rohit Chopra. He was a former commissioner at the Federal Trade Commission. And also he was the student loan ombudsman at the CFPB under a previous administration, but we're still waiting for the Senate to confirm Rohit Chopra. And of course, Jenny, you used to be at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, so you probably know a lot of these people. So I won't won't ask you to share any confidences. But what's really clear, though, is that President Biden is really focused on this area. He's focused on competitiveness. He's focused on accelerating new rules for financial data and specifically financial data portability. He actually made some references to that in his new executive order. Do you think that this focus by the Biden administration is going to accelerate the CFPB's rulemaking that they started last year with respect to financial data. Absolutely. We're very interested to see the executive order issued, which, as you noted, it highlighted two areas that involve the CFPB. And one is the CFPB is encouraged to undertake a formal rulemaking to implement Section 1033 of the Dodd-Frank Act. 1033 has the potential to be the first privacy rule that governs consumer data access at the federal level. And now that we have the executive order of the president, I think that it will act as a catalyst to accelerate that project. And then the other part of that particular EO that was really significant was that the Biden administration also encouraged the CFPB to continue to enforce the ban on unfair, deceptive, and abusive acts and practices. I think this development is pretty significant because we now have an administration that is putting the CFPB right in the center of the administration's policy objectives. And I think that this one EO is one manifestation of that, but we've seen other things as well. Yeah, you mentioned unfair and deceptive trade practices. And as we've seen, you know, a number of companies like Plaid, like Facebook, they've been sued by banks and regulators for some of these practices. For example, harvesting consumer data without consent and sometimes without even the consumer's knowledge. What's going to happen to companies like that? Are we going to see more lawsuits, more significant enforcement actions? Is that something that we should expect over the next year? Or is it going to take much longer than that until rules are finalized and then regulators sharpen their swords? From a legal perspective, what's very interesting about these particular lawsuits is that they show that the same issue of consumer data protection and use of data without consent can be addressed both with the anti-competition, antitrust set of laws, as well as the uh, consumer protection suite of laws, the, the tools in the toolkit, if you will. And I think that in the coming years, we will see both regulators and also private litigants becoming more accustomed, becoming more comfortable bringing these particular theories, whether it's about consumer data and use of data or other kinds of alleged UDAP, that there will be a greater comfort level with regulators and private litigants resorting to lawsuits to address what they believe has occurred that caused them to suffer harm. 
really interesting and it's not lost on me in some ways this is actually beneficial to the legal profession lots of lawyers like you will be retained to either defend or, or prosecute these types of claims take us inside one of these litigations either from the perspective of the regulator where it's a regulator doing an enforcement action or from the perspective of a company trying to defend itself can you elaborate a bit on the legalities of companies collecting consumer data being accused of doing it without consent and what actually is going to happen? How do these cases play out and some of the key considerations? Because I think a lot of companies, based on what you just said, a lot of companies are going to face these types of litigations going forward. In general, by the time an agency decides to bring a public lawsuit, there already has been a significant period of time, years even, where the government's been investigating the company in a non-public matter. And so I think that what is good for companies to keep in mind is to be prepared for opportunities before the government rings a doorbell to be able to understand their practices with respect to consumer data, to be able to defend them and explain those practices and shore up any compliance issues before that occurs so as to be able to avoid the disruption and the costs associated with a lawsuit. Very helpful in in some respects. What you're telling us is that companies should hire their lawyers before they need them, you know, help them figure out how to develop good policies that steer well clear of any regulations so that when the government or regulators do come calling, you've got a clear action plan. I've got a question for you about how companies should sort of view the new environment, because I think in the past, many companies thought about litigation related to consumer data pretty much as a cost of doing business. If you were a payments processor, you knew that at some point there was going to be a data breach, you'd be hacked and you had insurance for that. And there was a cost of doing business. What you're telling us is maybe this is no longer a cost of doing business, but if you're not careful, violations around data could put you out of business. Which one do you think is true? Is this a cost of doing business or are these violations, you know, potentially going to put some companies out of business? Even though the pace of innovation is probably going to continue to be faster than the pace of updating antiquated regulation, I do think we're at a flex point where it's no longer going to be as easy to (laughs) fly under the radar with respect to tech and regulation because of the current environment in D.C. And I think that what's really interesting about the executive order that Biden had issued two Fridays ago is that the importance of these issues is kind of couched in a larger policy goal of the federal government of the concept that companies that are not compliant should not be allowed the unfair advantage to be able to beat out competitors who are being compliant. And I think that the federal government in the coming years will have greater cohesion you know, between the administration and agencies to be able to effectively crack down on any companies that are not compliant and to really effectuate Biden's larger policy goals. Now, I want to ask you a question about international cross-border enforcement. A lot of the companies and executives that listen to this show work for big multinationals, companies like Microsoft, MasterCard, Samsung, Discover. They're going to face different regulatory regimes. It seems like every national regulator is focusing on this area. We've talked about the CFBB, the presidential administration. In China, it's very clear that they're cracking down on their big players like Alibaba, Alipay. Europe is the same. Are these regulators going to start coordinating and working with one another to advance shared policy and regulatory goals? Because we haven't seen a lot of that yet. But is that the future? 
I always love, Silvio, the way that you bring in the international perspective because, you know, you're right. There's a, a greater cohesion intellectually and legally across what all of these regulators are doing. I think that there is a trend in terms of the consumer privacy issues. And as I mentioned before, it's interesting you could approach it from the consumer protection angle or the antitrust angle. It definitely seems like our Asian counterparts are approaching it more from a competition angle. The Australians and the EU are approaching it more from the consumer protection angle. And I think there's going to be a trend in the sense that every regulator in each of these governments and countries are watching what's going on overseas. You know, they'll be borrowing pages out of each other's playbook to try to bring some cohesion, whether or not there will be coordination is made a little bit challenging just because the laws are different in the different countries and because it depends on if you're taking this antitrust angle or a consumer protection angle. But be that as it may, I do think that the different governments will be watching and trying to learn best practices from one another on these issues as they go forward. Really fascinating to hear that. I mean, on the one hand, many of these governments are involved in trade wars, but on the other, maybe they're learning from one another and figuring out how to actually point or target uh, some, some what they perceive as common enemies. But Jenny, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate your insights. This is a complicated space and having the ability to speak with an expert like you is incredibly helpful to our listeners. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here. That's Jenny Lee, partner with Errant Fox, based here in San Francisco. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on the future of financial data. As we've discussed on the show today, precisely predicting the future of financial data regulations, it's becoming increasingly challenging. But one thing is for sure, Financial data access will remain a key priority for regulators all over the world, and especially in the leading economies of North America, Europe, and Asia. In response, the smartest and most advanced corporations, they know this and they're preparing, in part by upgrading their data practices, and in part by becoming more consumer-friendly and by lowering up. Increasingly, the companies that will win are companies who are preparing for a future where they compete on how they monetize data for the benefit of consumers rather than monetizing data in spite of consumers. To find out more about digital data and consumer rights, check out our website at digcomall.org. That's www.digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself, take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off.